0: You're listening to the A. Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A. Scully and Sid Talk. Hello there and welcome to A. Scully Cast After The Show, episode 6, for Sunday, February the 17th. Today we're going to be looking at American Gangster in our continuing Oscar coverage. And this is a 2007 movie brought to us by Universal on DVD and HD-DVD combo disc. And here's Sid Talk with the synopsis. That's what I'd normally say, but we're actually going to take a break and say some other stuff. Excellent. Okay, um, podcasts.
1: I'm taking a nap.
0: What do we think about podcasts? Do Um, Do you listen to podcasts?
1: I try, but I can't find many that are topical for me, I find it very hard time finding uh, art ones that aren't you know like ooh, this week we're discussing the analytical whatever of the you know I don't like any of them. I know I know, like I know for a
0: fact that you listen to one podcast.
1: One, yeah, and he's a- and
0: I listen to a lot of podcasts, so I just want to rhyme off some of these ones that I listen to because our viewers. Listeners.
1: Mine's good. It's all right. right. It's it. just that the guy who does it, he he complains a lot about how tired he is and how much he's busy and it's stuff. It's a bit depressing but to listen he is, to. He's interesting, right? But it's... Uh,
0: you don't want to plug this guy, no? Not yet. Okay. So my podcast that I listen to and watch, because some of them are video podcasts, the first one is The Smodcast, which is brought to us by Kevin Smith and Scott Mosier, who are these two guys. Uh, movie people,
1: <laughs> Kevin Smith is a writer, director, actor. Some might call him. I'm not sure. I would, and neither would he.
0: No, but um, he's yeah. one of my favorite directors. So I, he has a podcast pretty much every week, but not at the moment because he's making his new movie. But he does still does them a little, every so often. Next, but it's very funny smodcast. If you, <laughs> if it's you like,
1: very colorful and language. it's very smutty.
0: Kevin has got an obsession with sex. We, when are we, we going to
1: get the check from all these people that you're about to plug? I mean, is this for your own benefit? No, I don't understand. I'm leading up
0: to something. Here.
1: Okay, good.
0: Okay, my second podcast that I not, not listen to, watch, is Techzilla, which is a revision three podcast, videocast, which is, if people out there remember the screensavers on tech TV, it's that kind of deal.
1: Original screensavers.
0: Original screensavers. Not, not
1: crap screensavers. And it's actually
0: hosted by Patrick Norton, who was Leo Laporte's co-host on the screensavers.
1: Not G4 slash Tech TV No, original screensavers.
0: Screen right. Back in the day. And Techzilla is a relatively new show. It's not got off the ground properly yet, I don't think. It's not great, but I'm watching it because I believe it's got potential. Now, another person from the screensavers, Leo Laporte, he does a lot of different podcasts. <laughs> um... Leo does a
1: lot of everything. Leo is Mr. Podcast, actually.
0: I think he does about eight a week. I think
1: he's like a voice whore. He will lend (laughs) his voice, his, uh, you know, whatever, to anybody who's willing to cut him a little bit of
0: But but the specific one I listen to is called Windows Weekly with Paul Therot and Leo Laporte. Now, this one, I'm kind of obsessed with Vista and uh, Windows XP operating systems in general, but Microsoft-flavored and this one is uh, the guy who writes the Windows Super Site with Leo discussing everything Microsoft, and that's once a week. It's pretty you're cool.
1: You're obsessed? Like, as a huge, like, what do you mean? That sounds kind of fanboy. I
0: just like, listen, I just like listening to things about right. Microsoft.
1: Yeah, don't make it sound like Operate you're obsessed system. with Windows. I mean, you like it, but it's not like you wouldn't. Have I use it every day. I like it. to know about it. Yeah, exactly. You're not obsessed with it. Okay, and
0: nice. I actually like the way these two guys talk about it. It's kind of funny as well. Uh, another one I listen to, because I'm also obsessed with the Xbox 360, <laughs> <laughs> is the OXM podcast, which is the official podcast of the Xbox magazine in the in North America. It's not really a lot to say about this one. Well, you might have something to say about it. No,
1: it just made me think of another one that you listen to that I particularly don't like.
0: Okay. I didn't actually put that one on my no, list. No, you did not. Because you know what? Last week I actually struck it off my podcast <gasps> list because... It was getting slightly boring, and the one we're talking about here is Major Nelson's podcast, which is an Xbox 360-related... Now, this guy works for Xbox, so it comes across...
1: Seriously? Is my, is Bill Gates, like, cutting you a check or something? Because you've mentioned, like, how many products are theirs now? I don't get I it. I cut him a are check. Are you being... <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I pay for all Exactly!
1: This shit. <laughs> you pay for everything, and here you are telling everybody how great it is. Uh, well, anyway, That's okay.
0: Major Nelson, you can listen to him or he... Oh, you can leave him. My point
1: of view, ugh.
0: Okay. So, another couple of podcasts I watch and listen to is The One Up Show, which is on a Friday. It's a video podcast, and it's the Ziff Davis folks from EGM magazine in a video form, and they review games. It's kind of fun. It's a little bit pretentious, but it's fun to watch. Now, along with that goes a two-hour audio podcast called One Up Yours. Very clever. Mm. Which... Basically covers the week's gaming news from their strange point of view. Yeah, they've they've got a guy on there called Shane, Sony fanboy Shane. Oh goodness! Who, if you listen to that podcast, anything that comes out of Shane's mouth, just ignore it. Just it's not going to be right or true, or it's generally wrong. So, in case
1: someone was listening to a podcast by you talking about Microsoft, they could do the same.
0: No, <laughs> 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 um, fanboy. Another Ziff Davis podcast is Electronic Gaming Monthly Live, which comes out on a Tuesday, which is kind of a breakaway show from the one-up show, and it discusses what's going on with the magazine if you read EGM. It's kind of fun to listen to the editors talk about what's going in the magazine and how the magazine is produced, which is always interesting. Dan Shushu. Mhm.
1: Dan Fufu Shushu.
0: Yeah. He's the editor of the magazine and he talks about how it's made and how they deal with the press and all kinds of stuff. It's pretty interesting. Uh, another one from another screensaver's persona, <laughs> Dignation with Kevin Rose and Alex Albrecht. That's always fun. Two guys getting drunk funny. on a couch, talking about anything, really. They're
1: talking about stories that people post on Digg.
0: Dig. So, uh So it can be anything from... Anything. Anything. From the latest blow-up doll review <laughs> to... <laughs>
1: The greatest... War p- stories. There are people with nice stories that they come up with. I don't with, know why you know? I
0: said blow-up doll review.
1: I have no idea. No, it's very know. possible that they have, because, <laughs> or mention it or something, but... Um.
0: But yeah, that one's fun to watch. Comes out on a Sunday. Uh, another one is DLTV. That, this one's out on a Thursday. If you actually listen and watch all the podcasts I'm recommending here, you've got at least one every day. It's kind of fun.
1: Yeah, and I'm going to say, you will put links to all of these. In maybe, the show Make notes. a page. You It'll
0: have, be in the show notes.
1: You have show notes? I do. Oh my goodness, that's something else new. I didn't okay. I didn't. Well, we're on, we're, in on the dark here. we're on I'm podcast. We're on podcast number 6. Here, things know? are
0: advancing. We getting advancing.
1: advancing. So, okay, great. Okay, so that's Links to all of these things will be listed on the site.
0: And that one's DLTV. The final podcast I listen to and the one that this whole thing is inspired from. I, the reason I'm saying all this is because the final one I listen to and one of my favorites is the CAGcast. with this is the official podcast of cheapassgamer.com. And it's hosted by Cheapy D from Tokyo and Wombat in New York City, I believe. I don't know. Okay, so... We'll, I don't
1: know where Wombat is and I don't we'll care. We'll get to this. Anyway, uh,
0: Mrs. Sid Talk here <laughs> went... Well, we, we listen to the CAD Cust every week, together generally, sometimes apart. But, mm-hmm. And you have a dislike for co D's co-host, co-host. No, you're going to say no, you don't.
1: Oh, I don't don't dislike him. Personally, I don't know him. I don't like the way, I just, you know, some people run me the wrong way. Major Nelson, ugh, this guy. I just don't, I listen and there's occasional times when they're, you know, engaging or whatever. But I just, I don't like a certain entitlement that he has about how much attention he wants. And if that's just part of his shtick, then that's fine. But it comes off as, I don't know, really, like. I don't know. It makes me ugh.
0: Okay, so this inspired you to do something
1: what? he said, specifically something he said, made me just post on their board, and that's all. It was no big deal. I just felt like he was being snotty.
0: Okay, yeah, uh, and what did you say on this board?
1: I think you have that prepared. <laughs> or is this for me to <laughs> I say? Guess,
0: I guess I do. You don't need to say it. Um, okay. So this is Mr. Cheapy D in, on this week's hmm. CADcast explaining what Sid Talk
1: My words being read eloquently by somebody on the internet. Yes, a bald American guy who lives in Japan. Okay. Who I do like.
2: So here's the clip. Sid Talk. Wombat, you were talking about uh, how you didn't think the Xbox 360 should exist without a hard drive. Yes. Sid Talk had this to say. If Wombat wants to know what it sounds like to be a dick, he can listen to himself saying that people who have an Xbox 360 without a hard drive don't deserve to have one. My 11-year-old nephew just saved his Christmas money and has been doing odd jobs to earn enough money to buy himself a 360, and the only thing he can afford so far is the one without the hard drive. It's comments like that one that make me hesitant to encourage the young kids in my life to be a part of the gaming community. He's not mean-spirited and doesn't think he's cool by saying flippant things to pretend to be cool, and I don't want him to start. No, I'm not jealous of Wombat. No, I'm not new to listening to the CadCast. No, I'm not a 20- to 30-something dude obsessed with gaming and or internet jabber. No, I'm not a fanboy, geek, or forum troll. I'm a 40-year-old chick married to a serious gamer web dude. I'm not a fan of Wombat. I always point this. I always point out his snotty attitude from each CAD cast. My hub- husband always defends him. The discussion continues. At least I have h- the husband on my side. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't think I'm snotty. Well, I mean, Snitty? you offended this, this woman's 11 year old, uh, you offended this woman by insulting her 11 year old nephew on that. Well. I don't insult – I didn't mean to insult an 11-year-old who's working hard to save up to buy a 360, right. although maybe he should cut lawns for another month and get the one with the hard drive. Right. Because I mean, he'll be he'll be happier with it in the long run. Sure. sure. Not, it, the point is is that the, the 360 is a better console with the hard drive than without. Which I think we yeah, – Yeah. I think what you're saying and is you're not getting – And if it comes down to not- saving your money for an extra month – So be it. Right. You're not getting the full experience without the hard drive, and uh, it's almost not an Xbox 360 without the hard drive. That's what you're trying to say, right? Exactly. And I'm assuming you agree with me. And this 11-year-old is a lazy bum. That's right, right? No, that's what you said. No, no, no. That's what you told me yesterday. (laughs) Is that (laughs) what I told you? We didn't even talk yesterday. Well, except for that. Remember you called me up (laughs) in the middle of the night and you said that 11-year-old is a real schmuck. Okay.
1: (laughs) Uh... Okay, so... um... Interesting, isn't it? Yeah, even though (laughs) we,
0: even though behind the scenes we didn't actually hear anything. Yeah,
1: we know it. We know
0: it. I've heard it already. So, um, how do you feel to be an internet superstar this week?
1: I disagree with that statement. (laughs) Of course, (laughs) I disagree with almost everything anybody says. I just felt it was very interesting. You know, when I posted, you know, because I can be quite, you know, reactive or whatever. But I've never posted on their board. I never have. I never really sign up for message boards or forums because I think they're just full of wise asses and jerk offs, you know. But this time I just thought, because it was personal as you heard, and I just thought, you know what? Just be a little more careful about what you say, you little dick. (laughs) And that's all. It wasn't a personal thing. And then he went on to defend it or whatever, and that was fine. But he still didn't get the point that exactly the phrase that he used about people who don't have... You know, don't buy the hard drive for the 360. Don't deserve to have one. Now, other people out there, if you're a wise-ass and you think that means smart aleck and whatever is cool and that's no big deal, fine. Then you go right ahead. But I felt it was inappropriate.
0: And And, so I posted and... And I actually... I kind of like the rapport between Wombat and GPD and I have nothing against Wombat. So that when he mentioned that at least he had the husband on his side, (laughs) that's me. I
1: don't have anything (laughs) against him. I just don't like his entitled attitude.
0: Okay, so... I think we have covered podcast... You, yeah. d- you don't want to plug any podcasts? Don't think so. You don't want to mention, no? No. Okay. So, CagCat, Sid Talk's favorite podcast is the catcast.
1: My favorite podcast is after the show.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so before we get onto the movie this week, I want to mention that at the end of today's show, we're going to be doing a competition for two, count them, one, two, copies of the 20th century Fox movie Hitman.
1: You means you get one copy, but we have two copies we to get to so two separate people. Two
0: different I keep going I keep saying viewers, but they're not viewers. No. Listeners. For two lucky listeners. <laughs> so we'll get to that later. So let's get onto the movie American Gangster. Correct. Synopsis, synopsis. Uh, from Synopsis. Now Sutter. it's time
1: for the synopsis. Yeah,
0: now we're really into the show.
1: Right. Um after all that, Ooh, I forgot this was about movies. Um <laughs> The synopsis is: This is based on a true series of true life events and some true life characters. It is about a uh, an African American man in the late '60s who comes to power Frank as Lucas. a mob. Yeah, his name is Frank Lucas, and uh, comes to power as his own own entity, as a driving force behind selling drugs in New York City, and then as it scatters out, and um, sort of like. Throwing a wrench in the works of the history of Italian mob and whatever else, and then there's this cop guy who's played by Russell Crowe, and his thing is he just wants to bring him bring him down, you know, and that's it really. It's a
0: classic uh, clash tale. of
1: two very strong characters, and and it is based on a true story, so it's not like anything we say is.
0: So, seeing as get we're seen as we're on the story, let's discuss the story. Okay. So, it's it's kind when I was watching it it's a classic tale I mean I was thinking to myself movies about people who get into selling drugs like other ones we've seen like Blow. I was thinking of specifically and Scarface Mm. different movies like that where it's about somebody who is kind of you know these people are just normal guys and then they get an inclination to do something and it turns out to be selling drugs it's basically the same story, it always is the same.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, agree.
0: it doesn't change cuz they start to sell they start it small, it gets bigger, it gets out of control, they get so much money, it goes to the red, they get caught by doing something stupid.
1: One, yes, exactly. Yes, that is the heart the of it. Thing. There's always one fatal mistake and it's either ever just a woman or a slip of like, always a woman. just like pissing off the one wrong person who happens to be sort of a nobody. To you. Um kind of reminds me of 300 as well because uh, the one dude that he wouldn't take into his army yeah, is the exactly. one that kind of sold him out and it was the same built him up to you know so it's always those kind of that one little hitch and you know this is based on a real life thing so but it is true you yeah, think about it
0: very true um, it's just you know it's an in- always an interesting tale but you kind of know how it's going to go as soon as soon as you know that this thing is getting bigger and bigger, it's, the person's never going to be able to keep it under control. It's, it just is too much. Right, wise. and in
1: this case, I think it is kind of a special one story, and the movie particularly brought it to me, and I don't know if it was because it was Denzel Washington, because he plays the Lucas guy, if it's the way he did it, or it was the dialogue that was written for him, or if it was Ridley Scott directing him, or combination of whatever it is... But I truly got hammered home from the beginning of this movie in every different scene that this guy, Frank Lucas, was in it for himself. Yeah, exactly. There was not, I mean, you could you could kind of decorate it up and say he wanted to make a better life for his mother and his family and then and, 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 like, protect his wife when he eventually gets married. But the truth is, none of that mattered ultimately.
0: I know he did, he did those things. It was truly
1: for his own
0: gratification so that
1: he could be the big man in his own head. Because he didn't really care about, I don't think, not really care about impressing people or... Because, you know, he threatens his brother at one point. If you weren't my brother, I'd you know blow your head off. He crams his head into a glass window at one point. So that is one thing, I think, the story, the way they did this movie particularly, really drove home to me. And it's funny because... In the extras, Ridley Scott, or somebody says, this guy, Frank Lucas, is either really charming or he's a sociopath. Sociopath was exactly the word I thought of throughout, that this guy was mental, right? But because he had a certain charisma, and Washington really pulls that off really well, that he was able to focus on this one thing, which was to circumvent all the crappy drugs on all the streets and all the middlemen and all the crap of the mafia, mob people. He went straight to Vietnam himself, to get this hardcore heroin, yeah, which and was bring an it back to himself. Was, which,
0: when, we was, when I was talking about comparisons to other movies, Blow,
1: mm-hmm, Yeah, that exactly. guy did
0: the same kind of thing, yeah. he went to Columbia, right? Uh,
1: yeah, I think. And he, I he flew remember.
0: in in a plane and got the shit himself. Himself, right. Yeah, that was the, that was the, how this, you know, all these drug stories. Right, like, and the
1: thing is, that person, he still, because of other things he did, I mean, he did shoot people, he, you know, in the beginning he... He's not a very to nice person. Is he? He's not a nice person and you feel that every time the tension rises a little bit. I actually got a little bit nervous for whoever was around him because he did not hesitate. When he wanted to make a point that he was violent, he would shoot you right in the head, he and his or give you a look that meant that's it, you know, we're all done. All his
0: henchmen um, didn't really understand where the he was severity of it was. Until they yeah. saw, until one specific that was his brother. scene. Yeah, exactly. Where yeah. Off somebody in broad daylight, pretty much in front of everybody.
1: Yeah, and I again, I don't <laughs> think it was for. I don't even think it was bravado. At some, I think it's actually in think, his mind.
0: I think he was just like nobody messes around with me. It's this is serious shit. If you don't do what I'm, if you're not in with the program, you're out of it. Like, right. And I don't care who knows or. And he's he's yeah. He absolutely. just
1: put all of his focused energy on being the you know drug lord of of, of New York City and.
0: So if you if you like drug. Movies, this could be the ultimate one.
1: I'm not sure about ultimate, but it is really good. It's very intense and it takes you a lot of different things. And the, it's a period piece, as we like. To yeah, call that's them what, what years original. was it taking place in? 69, 69 through
0: 73. Yeah, which is cool. And it, that was pulled off well, too. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean,
0: there was no doubt that it was...
1: But as far as like carrying the whole story through, the combination of all the people, and it was paced really well. Like, you never felt... Like, it was too much action, and it wasn't too much dialogue, and it wasn't... And it was really authentic, really gritty, and...
0: And the story was based upon a New York Times article called The Return of Superfly, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: written by Mark It wasn't
1: based on that, but that's what caught the attention of the executive producer guy, who then went to interview the Frank Lucas guy in jail, and then uh, the real guy. Yeah. And then from there just built a project around it.
0: Yeah, but it's... It's, it's got
1: its realness, but then, of course, it's a movie. And it's Ridley Scott, you know, and he'll and make up whatever shit he wants to make it's it. It's
0: very violent.
1: Yes, there are a lot of very violent scenes. Not, well, just, no, actually, not it's, just violent. Actually, when you break it down, there's well, not a lot. There's a lot of implied violence. Implied violence, violence yeah. which
0: makes you feel on edge. Rather on than...
1: edge, exactly. Because you'll
0: watch something like Goodfellas. <laughs> and you will see the violence in graphic detail. And it a kind of wears you
1: down after a while, I think. You get a little immune You feel immune on to it. edge
0: when Joe Pesci comes into the room. On Goodfellas and Casino. Because mm. yeah, you just don't know what's going to happen. But, this one... Well, you one, do
1: know what's going to happen, though. Well, That's the yeah, difference. Because <laughs> in this one, you don't know how he's going to explode. And it could be... In, and Josh Brolin, same. Oh, I know we're going to get to the people, but his character. You know, and this is all, the story also is a clash of the bad cops who were taking lots of bribes and stuff in in the in the day yeah that they were taking lots and lots of drug money and drugs and And the fact and letting it happen so that was another huge component of the story the
0: fact that the vietnam war was going on
1: and that's how they got the the drugs
0: were actually coming from the same location and how were they coming
1: in the the, military in
0: in the caskets of dead military who were coming back for their burials so it's really an interesting... And that's a true part. That's totally what happened. And that's how we got the drugs into the country, which is crazy. And then when the war finishes, what do you do? How do you get that much stuff into the country anymore? You just can't. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on to the cast, hmm. Denzel Washington.
1: I think I've covered him for myself. What do you think?
0: I've, I think he's fantastic. <laughs> if I was a woman, I'd marry him. Do you him.
1: love him as much as you love windows? yes Ah, <laughs> <laughs> how sweet
0: my favourite Denzel Washington film it's probably not everybody's but mine is Man on Fire
1: mm, well yes yes I that, agree
0: that's a Ridley Scott one
1: No, it's Tony Scott. Tony
0: Scott. Right? Yeah. Brother. The Scots and Denzel. I was going to mention that
1: about in this movie. There is a particular point where there's a bit of a showdown, and I had flashes of one of my favorite all-time movies of all of life that will ever be is called True Romance, which is a Tony Scott movie. And I got that vibe. Like, there was Tony going, hey, Ridley. Yeah, exactly. And so did I. There's just one scene where he can really bring all these different elements together with a big shootout. And and I felt that, because in True Romance, you've got it, and in his other movies, in Man on Fire, you get certain. And, feelings yeah, and of in
0: that. the one Domino, that also. Yeah, exactly, it. exactly. But yeah, um, Denzel Washington for me, I think is amazing.
1: He is. I mean, I get a few moments of kind of self indulgence where he kind of knows he's a big man in on campus, it, and but that is good for little. this one. He's a little smug, true.
0: Because mm, he is a smug bastard, so that is good, true. And then it, you know, Denzel's not done amazing movies all the time. Some of them are.
1: Preacher's I mean, Wife. You don't <laughs> think that was amazing? Come on.
0: <laughs> but anyway Denzel Washington brilliant for me Russell Crowe interestingly enough nobody's up for an Oscar in the these men actors really so what do you think while we're on just before we go on to the other cast what do you think this is up for Oscars for
1: sound editing
0: <laughs> it's up for two Oscars <laughs> I, I will um,
1: costumes wardrobe and sound that's my guess
0: Okay, so nominated for two Oscars. Number one is Best Achievement in Art Direction. Hmm. And number two is Best Performance by an Actress in a Supporting Role. And that's Ruby D. Now, I think Ruby D is his mother. Oh, maybe. Let me just check. Because, uh. I
1: hate to say this, but while you're looking, I, I have. I. I don't have a problem with that, except it seems like sometimes when a few of these ladies or gentlemen get older, these actors and actresses... Yeah, I know what you're saying. They hit a role that (laughs) there's not a lot to it, and there wasn't. I mean, she was the tough love mother a little bit, but she was just she was in it very briefly. And yet, oh God, there she is. She looks really good. She does does a wonderful job, don't get me wrong. But
0: why... she doesn't...
1: She's really the only... uh, there's only two female supporting roles in her. She's good,
0: but... Yeah, it seemed almost seems like an older older actress who deserves something now. Yeah,
1: and, and she was excellent. I'm not taken away from that at all. But I'm so just was saying. Denzel. I'm it's just that her so parts were very her her presence and understanding the her component in this story where no one intimidates this guy and no one puts him down or puts him in his place. And at some point, of course, you know the mother's gonna. She does a fine job of that, and her presence is there. But you know. That's down to partly right. So she's as well. the
0: one who's up for the Oscar. And if I
1: you're think. saying art directions, people might not know what that is. That's basically just how everything looks. It's the direct, It's the set de- decoration.
0: I can understand that one.
1: Yeah, turning New York City into a 19 late 60s early 70s um, kind of back alley kind of city again, downtown Manhattan. So I do see that. It's, it's it looks excellent. Doesn't right. look like a lot. It looks like a lot of location scenes and stuff. So.
0: So second actor in the cast, Russell Crowe. Um, <laughs> I've not seen him for a while. Um, Gladiator and a good year they're on there they're on the list no there was something else which isn't on that list where I've seen him in
1: oh it wasn't a Ridley Scott maybe then I think he's alright I mean I really I like him of course Gladiator was excellent I I don't know I think he uh, he pulls off a lot of things you don't expect like this is a you know this is a Newark cop and he's a little overweight, and it's 1969. It's interesting. It, it is. It,
0: he it looks a bit Very old, so a bit
1: convincing. Overweight. 100% convincing. And uh, there were a couple of moments when I was kind of like... You know, in the beginning they show him as kind of awkward, and then he pretty much instantly becomes kind of a hard-ass, driven, decision-making guy. So I don't know if that was just the movie or if it was him or what, but I thought he was really good. I did... There's nothing bad to say And about, then when you see it. the real guy on the extras, it's just, he's not, he doesn't look <clears throat> like him necessarily, but they, I mean. I think the
0: attitude he, is right. Yeah, I think yeah. he did a good job. Um, I've been waiting to say this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, try, I'll try my Apologies best.
1: Apologies to the, to the man if you ever hear him.
0: Chu. Choo, Chuatel. Jaifa? Is it Jaifa?
1: I don't know. I don't know how to say his name.
0: Okay, anyway, he's the guy from Love Actually. Yeah, and he's all, well. He's been in a lot of things. Tell, he was also was... the transvestite guy in Kinky Boots, which was really funny. Transvestite guy, yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Um, so he's been
1: in loads of things.
0: Yeah, yeah, he really has, hasn't he? Like, and what do we think of him in this one?
1: He's mean? great. I mean, he plays the brother of the mob guy, brother or the of gangster guy. He's really I like him because I like to look at him. So I don't know if that sort of colors my. Uh, <laughs> He's good. <laughs> My opinion of his performance, but I think he's always very genuine and, uh,
0: and this brother gets
1: into it really well.
0: The, the brother had... See, somebody you haven't got down on the cast there is Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah,
1: exactly. It, even him. though he
0: was, it wasn't a huge... No. He was just a part of it. Well, an interesting thing with this... I can't say his name.
1: Say Chaywattel. We'll call him Chaiwetel. Let's call
0: him C. Okay. All right, C. <laughs> that, that's you, right? Yeah, it's me. Okay, so this guy... There's an interesting part where the character played by Cuba Gooding Jr. is a what would you how would you call him? He, he almost looks like a pimp. Yeah. Like, like the old, he's flamboyant.
1: With the big collar and the big vest. And, and
0: this guy, who's the brother of Denzel, in it, he kind of admires that a little bit. Yeah,
1: exactly. He, he wants he, the boldness, the colorful, but he doesn't get why Denzel Washington doesn't like it. Denzel Washington believes in subtlety. Don't show yourself. Right don't stand out in a crowd and then the brother plays the guy the sort of I'm from the south we've been poor forever
0: I want to show off
1: and I don't even think he thinks of it like that I think he actually really likes that the idea of the he sees this doll. guy
0: the Cuba Gooding Jr. on the street and he's he's just cool flashy and, yeah. <laughs> yeah he wants to and I, the, I was just mentioning that because it was one of my favorite scenes with this guy
1: mm.
0: where he was kind of dressed flashy and Denzel said what's that you're wearing
1: he's like what he's like what? He's got like a frilly collar. And yeah, a, it's like not
0: even <laughs> too over the top. It's not like what Cuba Gooding's wearing. No, but
1: it's not the preacher, not that the preacher suit kinda wears, the yeah, that Denzel Washington kind of wears. the businessman.
0: That was one of my favorite scenes with this guy, and I can't. Call him it.
1: Chai Wattel and if we're wrong, we'll next week we'll okay. come back and beg for forgiveness. Chai
0: Wattel sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Okay, now mm-hmm. another one. Now we saw the movie No Country for Old Men mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, which was we fabulous, really amazing, amazing. These Oscar movies we're seeing this year—top quality. They're one of my, it's one of my favorite years. I've I've not disliked one yet. So while I mention No Country for Old Men, it's Josh Brolin. Mm-hmm. He was the pretty much the star of No Country for Old Men for me.
1: Yeah, he was a leading character. Yeah, yeah.
0: it's not. It's not.
1: And in this, he's not a leading character. However, he plays an asshole really well. We'll oh, he's just say good. that. Oh my god, he's another one of those that. You just feel like, oh, God, do not piss him off. Don't make him mad or whatever, because he's got that. But he's got the establishment on his side. He's a crooked cop or a crooked investigator kind of guy. And so he's got the power and he's got the greed and he's got the attitude. Like, you actually feel like you'll be in a you know at the bottom of the river if you do anything wrong. So I thought he was really good. He's, not- he holds back when he needs to, and yet he can look at... He looks at the person or whatever, and in his face you're just like, ooh. So he's re- I think he does a and really good job. And he gets to job. hit
0: a woman in this movie. What was that supposed to mean? I'm just saying, he's, that, that, he's, he's a badass, isn't he? He hits a woman.
1: You think that's a badass or a <laughs> No, I'm sick. a jerk. Say- a jerk okay, that, oh God, so, you're scaring me.
0: So he's kind of a veteran of uh, film, Josh Brolin. But he seems to have, he's been in a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of um, straight-to-video movies, like in the 80s and stuff. And then in recently in Planet Terror, Robert mm-hmm. Rodriguez and Tarantino. He appeared in that, and he was brilliant in that. That that was the first I'd ever seen of him, really. To be honest, I'd never seen him before. Um, but I think he's he's really good. He's really he's gay. one to watch. He's not just he's one half to half. watch. I think he's right. He's very close to the top of his career. I think. Nice. Because No Country for Old Men, brilliant. So, that's every... Well, we didn't mention any females, apart from the lady either. Yeah,
1: because you know what? I don't feel like it... I mean, speaking from it was my a, perspective... It was a man movie, wasn't it? It was about Denzel Washington's and character and Russell Crowe's character. And I don't think anybody else. In my mind, as I'm watching it, that's all it's about. The so motivation of these two are saying it was some
0: man-on-man action? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. I'm saying it just didn't seem... Everybody else was important And of course, made these people who they were, but they—it's true. As you're watching it, they—they fill in, they make all the details excellent. And yet, when I come away from the movie, they're the ones I'm thinking about.
0: Yeah, exactly. And there was there's nobody. Well, that's pretty much everybody. It is a character piece. While there's a lot of people in the movie, it's pretty much
1: yeah. It's a good ensemble cast. But you really pay
0: attention to Denzel and Russell mostly, because their scenes are the best. Now, Ridley Scott. Not really a lot to say about Ridley Scott, is he? Just look at that
1: list of movies I put up there. There's loads of movies. Everybody by him. knows he's made a And I'll tell you the movies. truth. I didn't even know. And I'll be honest. And I'm a movie fan for my whole life. I didn't realize that Thelma and Louise was a Ridley Scott movie.
0: Yeah, I knew that.
1: I have not seen a few of them. Um, keep talking. Because yeah, I've I'm seen. Just looking.
0: Uh, well, my favorite. All right, favorite Ridley Scott movies for me: Alien, Blade Runner, um, and Gladiator. And this one, American I Gangster. I really
1: liked Matchstick Men.
0: American Gangster. This is how good I think American Gangster is for me. Really? This could actually be a, have moved into my top three Ridley Scott films.
1: What did, not, it, what did it bump out of the top three?
0: I think, did we say, no, we didn't say, Man on Fire's Tony, right? Yeah. Okay, so. Because
1: I might, think Matchstick Men with Nicholas Cage it might have Black is York excellent. Down
0: from number three. Ah. See, I think Alien's still my favorite.
1: Alien is my favorite, and Matchstick Men.
0: Yeah, Alien. Oh well Matchstick Men. yeah, brilliant. See, there's so many. I couldn't put a top three together. I'd have to put a top ten together.
1: Yeah, well, that's about how many there are.
0: So, no. He's, he's, he's just a professional. And he's not
1: the same every time. I mean, Tony Scott, you can see it and feel his presence pretty much in any movie, which is great because I love it. But Ridley Scott, every movie... Feels really different, really solid and professional. He he's and like he's, a
0: Spielberg, and he? he can he can do yes, different things. I think so. Yeah, I do too. I think
1: because he doesn't have a singular vision, or he doesn't get hooked up on um, style, visual style necessarily. He's more into story. Yeah, the story, and you know,
0: and being accurate which we'll mention something later mm-hmm. but he's into accuracy of
1: the yeah not 100% accuracy. no that's not make him sound like he's making a documentary here but he, seems he likes to, to make give it a visual authentic feel because he's all about the visual i think and the pacing. And he's
0: also british so that's well it's always good <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's all right
0: okay so moving on to we watch this movie on dvd there is a HD DVD version. We
1: didn't just watch it on DVD, my friend.
0: Oh, we watched it on... The big screen. And we're talking seven foot wide. Seven and a half foot it's wide. Yes, almost
1: eight feet wide. The new screen yeah. in the in the uh, A-Schoolie well, home theater.
0: Well, actually, not the new screen.
1: It's not finished, but it'll be finished. Yeah,
0: well, we'll mention that at the end of the show. If, if anybody was th- wondering, hmm, did they make that <laughs> screen that they were mentioning last week? And where's that guy they mm. talked about? Well, we'll mention that later. But yes... It was the DVD version. We watched it on a seven and a half foot screen, and it looked great.
1: It looked great. It looked fine. And you know what? I mean, I'm not gonna say it looked great because it wasn't all sharp and perfect. And part of part of this movie is that it's set in the late '60s and early '70s, it and it's kind of, it's kind of subdued anyway. Yes. Yeah. And so I don't think. It, and you, you can tell. I'm gonna be bold and say it doesn't matter what you watch it on or what you watch it with. I loved watching it on the big screen because, I mean, it, of course, I love it. But. It's not one of those movies. It doesn't have to be.
0: And you could tell the DVD had been colored. I mean, the when they do the film, if you look when we were watching the extras of those particular scenes in the movie, they're a lot darker and browner. Mm -hmm. They pulled the they toned it all down, didn't they, to make it look seventies, I guess. Seventies, because in the the seventies everything was brown.
1: The tone of the (laughs) the tone of the movie. It's not a it's not a cheery happy movie. And so I think movie filmmakers and editors
0: and I thought the DVD even. We didn't watch the HD DVD, we watched just the DVD, and it looked brilliant, yeah, good. Um, And the DVD comes with the first disc, it's a two-disc set. There's also a three-disc set, but we looked at the two-disc set. The first disc comes with the unrated and the theatrical version of the movie on the same disc, so it uses, like, the seamless branching, where... All the scenes are included on the disc, but which one you choose, it will miss some scenes out if you're just watching the theatrical hmm. and then add them in if you...
1: Yeah, it gives a little warning that says if you're watching this version, some players may not react well or whatever. So.
0: Ours, we watched the unrated, the three hour long one, and it all reacted well. It was fine. Yeah, Never. So we
1: don't know what the other one looks like. There's
0: a, t- there's a time difference in the, um, the rated and the unrated.
1: And I, personally, when you're talking about the story again or the movie itself, I love long movies. This one was actually fit exactly right. The, the feel of it, the ebb and the up, and then as we're coming down and you're feeling the end of the story coming and then it ends, it was appropriate. I loved the longness. I didn't feel like it ended too soon, and I didn't feel like it drug on. It was just right.
0: Uh, yeah, and the, the, there's a rated and an unrated. The rated runs at, the one that was on the theaters, runs at 2 hours 38 minutes. And the unrated version that we watch runs at 2 hours 57 minutes.
1: Right, so it's not much. 20 minutes.
0: 20 minutes. I I can't imagine what would have to have been took out for a theater. Um,
1: I'm going to say not just the unrated content, but there's going to be... There are a lot of shots you get a little bit of time and it takes its time. But there are also some graphic...
0: Yeah, but this isn't a director's cut. This is Mm a... This is saying... This stuff we had to take out because of the rating in the cinema. Now it did have some graphic scenes, but nothing as bad as in other movies. Goodfellas is ten times worse. Yeah, I agree. So I'm not sure what we didn't
1: research this topic, so I had to look at it, look into it. Well anyway,
0: you can watch you can watch either version, which is cool. It's eighteen minutes longer. Um and there's an alternate
1: Is it are we into the extras now? We are. Oh, hold on. Are is this the extras we're talking about now?
0: Yeah, we went okay. on. We, I was talking about <laughs> disc one of the extras. Okay. okay. Well, this one doesn't have any extras, but anyway, just listen to this. Hear me out. The unrated extended version. Correct. Includes 18 minutes of additional footage not shown in theatres and an alternate ending plus the original theatrical film. So the one we just watched hmm. wasn't the same ending as the theatrical one.
1: But they didn't put. So if we want to see the other ending, we have to watch the so rated we, we version. So we
0: saw the... Yeah, exactly. Oh. So we saw the... But
1: you know what? Sometimes when they say extended or alternate ending, it could be the difference in, like, one word.
0: I, I sometimes... I think that, you know, the ending part... The ending... Yeah. That little part. Yeah, I yeah. think that might be the part might that's be. added on. Yeah. Might be. I won't say what it is, because it could ruin it, I guess. Um... So, and on this one, there's also a feature commentary with Ridley Scott and the writer Stephen Zalian. Which we didn't, we'll have to admit, we just, we didn't listen to it. No, we didn't listen to it. Because the movie was long and we wanted to get through the extras, which we got through. Okay, so, this two has...
1: And there was a chicken in the oven.
0: (laughs) I don't know what to say about that.
1: There's a chicken in the oven. We couldn't sit down there for six hours and baking a chicken.
0: So, this two... Uh, features deleted scenes There was just two There was one Which was the wedding ceremony
1: Because mm-hmm. Denzel Washington's character gets married Which didn't make no, any No, Yeah and you could totally see that it was All it was Was just a nice Kind of moment I mean everyone looked really like depressed in it yeah. It wasn't happy at no, all No but I mean it was It was horrible it, I, I was all, thinking the,
0: of it Actually if it was in the movie it The only tone
1: That you could pick up the tone of it When he Was asking You know giving her the ring or whatever, I actually felt really tense because I'm like, no, 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 do not marry this man. So then they would have carried on and put that scene in the movie and everyone looks miserable and everyone looks on edge. It would have carried on that feeling, but it really wasn't necessary. And the other one was just the alternate beginning. The other one was the
0: alternate beginning. Now, mention in the beginning that the first ten seconds of American Gangster... Is violent. Not just violent, it sets you... That you only need to see that ten seconds and you're like, Oh my god.
1: This guy is bad. Yeah.
0: Now bad. the the alternate beginning didn't really convey no, it was, it was, it was more, a bit more was, stylish.
1: Yes, style over substance. It still was him shooting a gun, but I mean yeah. in there but one the, that you see on the unrated version is with the original good. opening is good, yeah. Yeah. Well now, it's not good. It's horrible, it's horrible. wretched. <laughs> it's the most wretched thing you've seen, but, but yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, so we're moving on to the Fallen Empire, the making of American Gangster. Now this is a feature-length documentary. It was about hour an hour and twenty minutes. Um, it's pretty standard.
1: Yeah, it's definitely not it's a it's not a produced thing for like we always mention. No, it's a like proper. TV. Yeah, what? it's just you know a lot of interviews and I'm Ridley talking Scott us. talking and how the story came to be and you know pretty general but good. Good Did to you know. learn anything. And, yes, I learned. Well, you got to meet the real people.
0: Yeah, which was the a... real
1: cop and the real Frank Lucas. I mean, the real guys. The real guys. You know, did the interviews and did little segments in it. So, I really like that.
0: And something interesting to me was the real Frank Lucas guy. He's a horrible monster guy.
1: And, yeah. Uh, think about what
0: thing. he's done after you've watched the movie.
1: And things we don't even know about.
0: And he's... Now he's like an old guy. He's in a wheelchair... And everybody seemed to kind of look up to him.
1: Yep, everyone. And it kind
0: of disturbed me, like me
1: too, because he's a horrible so monster in a oh wheelchair. Oh my god, I'm so glad you said and that. And everybody's because... like, "Oh,
0: Mr. Lucas, Mr. Lucas," and like yeah, everybody's I mean, pandering to him. Like, yeah,
1: I think Denzel Washington said, you know, he's like, I had to step back and yeah. be like, you know, this guy did things. You, you know, I can't even. He killed people. Even the Brian Grazer, the producer guy, executive producer, no, producer, executive producer. producer. Yeah, said, you know, this guy did. You know, who knows how many people he killed in real life we don't know but there's something about him he's just charming he draws you in and, and Denzel Washington said if you let him you'll be like working for him by the end of the day because he's
0: that's how he did it
1: so then there you go you he took an up op- he took the option to be like a badass criminal killer drug dealer when he could have been something better bad- but else. it's
0: definitely just just seeing him on the set and how everybody pundit It's an interesting... It is. Cause he's got his little kind of, son
1: there at one point. He's like 10 years old. And, he just seems
0: like an old guy. Yeah. He's just n- done nothing... You know, just an old guy. And kind
1: of, he's friends with the cop guy in real life who,
0: who busted brought him, him down. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to see the movie. He admires but. him. He, he's absolute friends. He's not yeah. just like... Yeah. It, it, that, it's a strange... And it that's is. why this story is so interesting. When you do... If you did, don't see if you get the version of this without any extras, I think you're missing out. You need to watch this. I agree because it really adds to it a lot. Like as soon as you see the real cop guy, you're like, "Oh yeah, now I can, I'm getting it."
1: It's yeah, because I am not a fan. I'm really not a fan of based on true life stories made into movies where people are convinced I'm I'm really watching Pearl Harbor be bombed or yeah. I'm really watching you know Vietnam War play out in front of me because it's bullshit. It's all movie makers and film writers and there's going to be little nuggets of truth, fine. But then when you can actually see the people, listen to them talk or, you know, kind of get the backstory with the actual person who lived and now you're telling the story about them, I feel like there's a little more, um, I can buy it a little bit better, you know.
0: Yeah, and the, this documentary feature length goes through pretty much like all the others do through the entire process from going on location, Mm -hmm. Costumes. Costumes. Music. Music. Editing. Uh, editing. Yeah, everything. It goes through everything. Now, what, an interesting part for me, which I didn't think would be an interesting part, but... The music? Of, no, it isn't oh. that, actually. One <laughs> of the key scenes... Not, it wasn't a key scene for me, but they seemed to think it was a key scene for them, was the Ali versus Frasier fight.
1: I don't know what you're going to say, but I, I wanted to say something about that, too.
0: About the extras. Kind not, of. The people in the crowd. Oh, right... That's what I'm thinking. Okay, <laughs> that so, so they, what, that's Madison Square Garden, yeah. right? So they have to make it look like there's a lot of people there in, in all the seats and they can't afford, what, like 20,000 extras. So This would
1: be classified under the category of Hollywood secrets that nobody even, you never even I, think well, of I, I have no
0: idea. Anyway, so they, they have to fill 20,000 seats with people. Now, my natural thinking would be CG. They put a few people in the seats and then they multiply them like they did in Gladiator. Yeah, for the Col- copy and paste. No, they had a a, a company come in with 1,500 inflatable people that they dressed in period clothes and sat in the seats.
1: Maybe that's why you thought a blow up doll earlier. Maybe because uh, <laughs> that's what they were—blow up dolls. Did we? With, see? And all they did was put like masks on each one of them. We to also cover saw up their a face. blow
0: up doll yesterday on something on TV. I we also, did. What
1: was that? I don't know.
0: I know it was funny. Was it EastEnders? <laughs>
1: no. <laughs> no, maybe not. No, it was on Old School.
0: Old School. <laughs> Because yeah. we
1: were watching the first movie on the big <laughs> screen. Like, the...
0: <laughs> blow-up dolls in my head. Ooh, as that, as long right?
1: as there's not one under the bed, I'm fine.
0: Anyway, so the blow-up dolls in the seats, it was just funny. A it funny is thing interesting funny.
1: because in one scene they use CGI to reproduce poppy fields and yet in that scene they used blow-up dolls to make it look like this. And it Able looked
0: school. so much of a struggle to put all these blow-up dolls. These guys were I lumbering about dolls that, around. But and...
1: afterwards, and I thought, well, they did. he does shoot with a lot of cameras from a lot of angles. Right, so doing the CGI might have been more of a challenge. Plus, if you had three thousand people extras to have that you had to dress and keep them quiet and feed them and tell them to shut up every five minutes and tell them when to act and do whatever, that would have been a lot more trouble. Yeah. So it was. But a, the thing I was gonna say about the fight scene, because you know the pivotal moment for the Frank Lucas character, which has nothing to do with the fight between Ali and Joe Frazier, but it's at that they all felt like they gave it a real sense of authenticity and it was a really great scene. I actually thought it was the least authentic scene because, like, they were talking about, you know, they had a lot, you know, it was supposed to be like Sammy Davis Jr. walking through the crowd and this was Ali and Frazier, which everybody knows who they are from every angle. And it wasn't that Nobody well put like together. Anybody, nah. they know. So I felt like that was... But I can I get mean, it. Was over all right because, it was yeah, the fight was not the focus of the scene in at fact, all. In fact, you
0: don't really see the fight no, at all. it's and just th- and in the that's the backdrop. Yeah, it's a backdrop. And an interesting backdrop because it's... Where they say it's a crucial scene, it it kind of is the the fur coat.
1: Yeah, because of the thing that happens, but yeah, this it could is have happened this anymore. is the slip up where yeah.
0: everybody makes a slip up in a drug movie and then gets <laughs> eventually busted. The fight is the slip up. Right, that's the slip up. So w- the whole documentary was good. I yeah. liked it. It was enjoyable.
1: Uh, we skipped the costume section just because we
0: actually did because I don't have any interest. I mean, costumes.
1: I do sometimes. And I then actually sometimes watched the music section, and that's and usually. And the chicken was cooking, so I was like, "Come on!"
0: <laughs> but we still watched an hour of it.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the music one was really interesting. If you're into music, they actually had a guy come in and write um, music specifically for this, but you know that sounded like that time period and they had a guy sing a song that i actually when they that scene was in the movie where he's singing on the oh, stage it i lo- i was totally like oh i love this and it sounds a, fantastic
0: they had a bit of a montage in the movie where they used across a hundred and the, mu- the music from the beginning of jackie brown which i love i've never <laughs> i think it's the delaphonics or somebody I- i've never heard it in any movie apart from jackie brown and
1: Oh when, yeah, they said they tried to find music that was from the period, but that hadn't been used Jackie in a lot Brown, of movies.
0: Right? Same period, I guess. So when I watched Jackie Brown and that song was on the beginning, I've always had a fondness for it. So when I heard it in there, I was like, "No way, that's cool." But anyway, it, there wasn't that. There was songs all the way through, weren't they? Different Harlem soul, yeah, yeah, stuff.
1: And the score was really nice too. The theme that they had for Denzel Washington, I actually noticed it, and then they talked about it in the extras, which was kind of cool.
0: And then the final extra. On the second disc was the case files, which is an interesting, almost 60 minutes long because they're 20 minutes each. There's three of them. And they were, how would you describe those?
1: Well, it's kind of like the the building of the movie. Yeah, Fly in the Wall. One of them is, you know, a conference call with Ridley Scott and the writer and talking about things that Scott wants to change and basically that's it you're just sitting in on a meeting basically and then another one is Ridley Scott trying to get these forensic guys to show him what how they could in one scene in a brief time show a guy testing heroin To show how how real it is or not, and just like you know, they're giving him all of the real life way you had to test it, and how you can make it look like you're really. Because it was
0: interesting how Ridley Scott's mind works, because the guy was saying, well, you know, in most films somebody dabs their end of the finger in the bag and licks it, and Ridley Scott's well. If somebody yeah. did that, wouldn't they be high?
1: Yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of interesting. And then that guy, who I don't know if they were cops or what they were, but the guy says, You don't want to do that. You like, don't he's want to, to do that. this guy who's like a nobody is telling Ridley Scott, We've seen it a thousand times. Yeah. We don't want to do that. You know, and Ridley Scott's like, Yeah, no, no, you're right. No, you're right.
0: You have seen that. And then, <laughs> yeah. you, then you think yourself, Where have I seen that? You've seen it in every. Oh, loads. Of, From, like, like, the, the pinky Miami thing vice. where they
1: scrape it out. Yeah, and, like put it on the Give it a little lick.
0: Yeah. So,
1: so it's good. I mean, I like the fly in the wall thing. And, you know,
0: all it, it, I can all I can say about this the the DVD in general, is its unbelievable value for money. Cause how much is it? I think we were looking at $22, twenty two dollars, twenty twenty two to twenty four dollars. But you get a full length commentary by Ridley. You get standard two, DVD. Two versions of the movie, unrated, in which now we know right. it has two different endings. Um, you get a feature length documentary, a couple of deleted scenes, and three fly on the wall documentaries pretty good. Plus, there's yeah. a three-disc version.
1: You're trying to sell me, aren't you? Because you know my attitude about pricing on DVDs. I would pay
0: $50 for this movie. Oh, God.
1: Don't now, tell them that. If you tell them that, then they'll charge you that.
0: Well, I'm I'm not saying I would pay for it. I'm saying this movie for me, I I, I have to own that DVD. Yes. Uh, you can have it. <laughs> for the, the note-down price it's all, your... nothing.
1: <laughs> it's all yours. I'll give it to you for free.
0: Okay, so that's the DVD. Like, let's wrap up the movie. What The wrap
1: up, and this is another comment I wanted to make, in terms of movies that are quality movies. This is one of those that you feel it's just solid, excellent. Everything about it. From- and Interesting story, I'm not going to say it's a It's a good story because there's a lot of bad people in it. But, I mean, it's an excellent, well done.
0: It's not a groundbreaking story. But it's got enough. Those two characters. There's nothing
1: innovative. There's nothing fancy. Like I say,
0: you've seen it before. It's all very
1: straightforward. It's kind of old school movie making. No camera tricks. You know, he doesn't take a book, a page out of his brother's book at all. A little bit
0: of Denzel in slow motion sometimes.
1: Twice. No, Brolin's in slow motion once. and Denzel walking to the
0: phone box. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, there's a bit of Tony.
1: But for Tony must have been on
0: the set that day. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so it's a straight up movie, you know, very straight up.
0: Yeah, but for me, well worth it. Brilliant, really, really good. I I, I will watch it again. It's,
1: it's a movie you can sink your teeth. And into. I like
0: gangster movies. You don't particular, not but, really. But for me, it's right. It's in there with Goodfellas and Casino and stuff. It's it's as good as, if not from a, a different angle, but it's good. Those two characters are interesting enough to to, you know, definitely, for you to pick it up. So. That's the that's the movie for this week. So.
1: SidTalk.com, C I D T A L K.com, before he goes on with whatever else he's going to say.
0: And ASCULLY.com, A S C U L L Y.com. <laughs>
1: well, some people <laughs> might think Sid Talk starts with an S. Okay, so
0: what I want to get at here is, uh, before the competition, is. The screen? The screen. So what's the status on that? Because our listeners will want to look at the project.
1: <laughs> you reckon? yeah you reckon they're hankering for it hmm. right now the stage that it's at how did
0: we watch it today if we don't have the screen there's a
1: big piece of blackout cloth <laughs> pinned to the wall yeah. it's got a little bit of draping
0: it's got a little but, bit know, of pieces in it
1: I feel like that lent to the authenticity of the period piece I really felt did. like it was
0: projected on the back of a 70s jacket
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> we should have just projected it right on the paneling <laughs>
0: yeah because we have, we have 70s paneling down there yeah <laughs>
1: I will say, you we know, all it needs a frame. So I'm working on that.
0: It needs a frame and it needs to be tensioned. But we're... This by is gonna, me. Yeah, it's by you tomorrow. By or me. The, or the day after. But this is going to be uh, documented and...
1: We'll take pictures of it as it is now, too.
0: Yeah. Because it actually works as it if is If you now.
1: have the means and you have the opportunity to have a projector... I mean, not everybody does. It's taken me 40 years to have this chance to have it actually in my house. And thanks to my husband's... Uh, pushing and getting it done if you have the opportunity to do it I think it's a good thing
0: do it totally I was skeptical I don't know what it's going to look like well it's
1: pricey and it's not necessarily practical we've got shelves sitting in the middle of the room and we've got
0: well when you say it's pricey right we we got a Sony projector here Mm. well we won't won't mention the price but they're they're not as pricey as you might think no
1: but it is pricey in terms of you don't get the usability isn't there like a television. And yeah, some people use it as their TV all the time. That's fine. But it's not practical. It's not practical to sit in a dark room while I'm trying to cook dinner and watch a movie on the wall. It's, for an, the it's wall. for
0: an experience like us where we have a movie night.
1: Or video games. It's I'm perfect. excited to know that you're going to play video games I played, with it.
0: I played some um, Lost Odyssey. I want to head. play
1: some Seen It.
0: Oh yes. Well, I played some Lost. Yeah, <laughs> seen it. Seen it were good. I played Lost Odyssey on the Xbox 360 last night, and it was it was crazy. Like it was huge, and it was 5.1 surround. It's very
1: exciting. It's just not. It's not something everyone can fit into their first of all their we, space. We or had their... trouble
0: fit. We had see. We haven't actually got it mounted on the ceiling yet, which mm-hmm. we are going to do. So ours is kind of in the middle of the room on a shelf. Yeah, <laughs> and it's not ideal, but it was. It's really
1: quiet though. That was a big. See,
0: that was one of the things yeah. which I. Mentioned. Are we going to
1: have a podcast about this?
0: Well, that was Later. one of the things I mentioned to <laughs> my friend about he was he's got a projector himself. And I was saying how noisy is it because my wife <laughs> if there's anything with a fan in it and it's particularly noisy, it's going to drive her crazy. I hate and this it. is right behind your head. I hate it. So how does this Sony projector do?
1: Didn't even know it was on. There you go. Didn't even know it was on except that it was on. I yeah, didn't
0: even hear it. It's amazing to me because I expected it to have some noise and if have If you've to ever heard like, an
1: Xbox 360 come on Oh, oh the Xbox 360
0: 50 times like
1: Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> even the DVD player makes a bit of a whoo when it yeah. starts up this does nothing and I was totally impressed with that because I hate peripheral sounds and little clickety clicks or whoo or huh All or I can anything. say
0: is w- you watch a movie on a 7 and a half foot screen we had a 51 inch TV that was big but this just It'd be hard that's, to... Go- that's
1: seven and a half feet across, not diagonally. Yeah, we only talking about
0: 7 and a half feet actual yeah, wide. Yeah, it's the
1: whole length of the wall. So 100
0: inches diagonal, roughly. When you go looking at our 50-inch TV, which is big, mm-hmm. looks small. <laughs> it's like four of those, almost. It's crazy.
1: I, I do recommend it if you can and if you, you know...
0: If you've got a room... Make sure you can,
1: have another TV yeah, that you can watch just TV on, though, because... But if you've got a
0: room and you want to make a movie for it, you can do it fairly inexpensive and we'll put
1: that all in the guide and we'll have a special podcast about the whole thing I think would be a good idea
0: so let's get on to this contest so our friends at 20th Century Fox if it's your
1: contest can I go make dinner oh
0: so our friends (laughs) at 20th Century Fox have give us two copies of Hitman the unrated edition which is out in March I believe it's out the 12th of March really um to give away on this here show um so, Hitman
1: the movie, based on a game, on the video- starring... On
0: the si- on the series of video games. The
1: Hitman game, or movie, is starring the guy from Deadwood. That's who I'm going to call him forever. But that's not what his name is.
0: Yeah, the guy from Girl Next Door. I forget his name. That guy.
1: And he was also from uh, Die Hard Live Free. Free Live Die Hard, whatever it was called.
0: <laughs> yeah, that guy. The the baddie from Live Free or Die Hard. Okay, so to win this movie...
1: One DVD. Eat.
0: He- Well, there's two DVDs to give away, but for two lucky winners, let's say it that way. Very good. So, I need you to tell me in an email to contest at... Oh no, it's not contest. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, send it to acegully at com, And in the subject line, put Hitman Podcast Contest and answer this question. Question is...
1: Uh, what's the serial number of the hitman
0: what's the serial number of the hitman in the games and the movie that's all you need to answer put that down and your email address so I can get back to you if you win and the subject line put hitman podcast, podcast contest, contest. I mean,
1: and even if it just says podcast contest
0: podcast right. is the word you need to put in there really and hitman and you can and find contest. out more about
1: the contest if you <laughs> just <over>. go <laughs> you can go to the oh, go to com, and I'm sure there's a link now to something
0: yes there will be in the show Well, no,
1: there shouldn't be. Well,
0: well no, let's not put a link. No, because
1: you either know it or you don't, damn yeah. it. <laughs> and
0: if you don't, you didn't listen. <laughs>
1: yeah, Okay, let's say it one more time. In the subject line of your email, write this which down. Is, which you is, just, no. Let me just say it. Okay. Hitman Podcast Contest. And send it to aScully at com. And the question is, what is the serial number of the hitman in the original video game and in the movie
0: correct Amundo so we have various ways to get this podcast Sid Talk did Mm -hmm. you know
1: I do tell me again
0: well we have iTunes if you're English iTunes if you're American (laughs) iTunes
1: (laughs) well it is a T after iTunes
0: if if you're English or American the Zune
1: Zune Z-U-A-N Zune 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 marketplace.
0: marketplace you can go on there
1: I particularly like the Zune Marketplace.
0: I do too. I uh, don't subscribe through there, but I do particularly like it. Um, Or you can use the RSS feed, which will let you use any podcatcher. I use Juiced, or Juice, Juice. Let's call it Juice. It's got a little lemon on it. (laughs) It works in Windows, and it works in Vista, and it lets you get your podcasts, and it's automatic.
1: Or you can just go to ascoli.com and click on the word podcast up at the top. And listen to the show. And you get a whole page... Of all the different ones we've done, this is number six. But you just kind of scroll down that little applet thing, and you can just click right on there. You wait a minute because it will download, unbeknownst to you, and then it'll start. And
0: so that's the podcast for this week. Um, you can send feedback to a ascully at a scully dot com. A S C U L L Y. wants to say something. I do.
1: Well, I'm just gonna say what I'm gonna say. You gonna say stay classy? I
0: I'm actually going to sign off with Stay Classy, Harlem.
1: Oh, nice. And I'm going to say, think for yourself or someone else will do it for you.